Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Keeping It Real on Purpose. I am your host, Edna White, your author, life coach. I don't know, just everything. You're everything. I'm your life coach. Yes. So this is the podcast for all around women where we challenge your everyday thinking and limiting beliefs around life, relationships, and your business to help your life live your life. I'm, I'm getting tongue-tied. It's late, audience. You know me. Um, help your life live purposely. Is that right? Well, it's going to be right today. But we have, I am so excited to have on the show today, Amanda Campbell. She's an intuitive life coach, a spiritual path mentor, a shamanic energy healer. She told me to just say energy healer. And her business is Feather Light Healing, LLC. Welcome, Amanda, to Keeping It Real on Purpose. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. I'm so excited. I know. I'm excited. I keep messing up the word shamanic because I want to I want to say it like a name of a person. <laughs> you know, I want to say like shaman or something like that. I know it comes from shaman, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's exactly it's, it does come from the word shaman. Yes, so I tend it does. to say shamanic energy healer, shamanic, shamanic practitioner. Yeah. Okay, shamanic okay. energy healer, yeah. shamanic. Let's let it roll off the tongue. You mean shamanic? Okay. All right. So, I'm glad that you're here today and to, to talk to our audience about what you do and how you show up in the world. Tell us how you show up in the world. I am a mentor for those who are on a spiritual journey and a spiritual path. I often work a lot with mostly women who are interested in developing their own intuitive and healing abilities and also heal past patterning, past trauma, limiting beliefs, blockages, any of those energetic or spiritual blocks that are preventing them from being able to live their best life. I always tell people that I come from a very woo-woo perspective, right? It's all Mm -hmm. things woo, but in a way that integrates with real life. Because we're using these spiritual tools and manifestation and all of these abilities to make a difference in real life, to heal these patterns of abusive relationships or to increase motivation, to help create new avenues in life to move forward in a place that's more aligned with life purpose. And it's been a really beautiful journey. I feel so blessed to be supporting these amazing souls on their path. Wonderful. So when you talk about energy healing, tell us a little bit about what that really means and how it looks when it's happening. If that makes sense. (laughs) Perfect. There's, there's nuance to that question. Um, so when I am supporting people, I often work one-on-one. So through the course of a session, we're working through whatever the big triggers or the traumas or whatever events may have come up um, in that person's life over the course of the week. And then I'm digging into clear um, limiting beliefs or past lives, delivering messages from higher self and integrating in higher vibrational energies into the field to release out the way that these patterns get stuck in the energy, in the physical body, um, and in these various levels of their being, lots of different levels of beingness. Okay. So that's one aspect where I support people 
their path from that capacity. But I also am passionate about teaching individuals to use these tools for themselves. So that's where Reiki comes in. Reiki, I lovingly and jokingly call it the gateway drug to energy work. (laughs) And so when I teach people Reiki, it becomes a really easy, simple practice that they can use to calm themselves down in the moment, to be Mm -hmm. able to release triggers, to be able to create a bit of gentle healing energy for themselves or for their loved ones uh, in whatever moment that's coming up. Right. So that's what I love Reiki for is it is it is kind of that beginning, that foundation, but then I build upon that foundation. So it's a it's a two sided approach where I'm teaching people to be able to do it for themselves and also assisting with some of the levels of things that they're not quite going to be ready for yet. Right. So how does Yeah, it does. So how does it look? Okay, so you're, you're, you're talking to a total novice. I know some things about healing and touching, but not a lot of it. I need the audience to really visually see that. Like, so tell us how it looks when a, when a, when someone a student comes into your 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 um space and say, "I need this type of help because I'm experiencing this." I need them to walk walk us through what it really looks like. Of course. So when I'm facilitating a session for people, I bring in a lot of calming grounding, clearing energy. Okay. Um, it, in a, as a metaphor, right? You know, when your mind is racing, 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 you have all of these thoughts going around in your head. And then perhaps you get outside and you go for a walk and your thoughts just kind of slow down and you feel like you're in this place that's more peaceful. You have this energetic reset. That's kind of what I facilitate for my clients. Okay. In releasing some of this chaotic energy out of their field. We ground it down so that they're able to connect more in with this place of peace. We invite in the energies of healing, of love, of pure consciousness, because that choice to be able to bring in this different energy is one of the key factors in being able to move through whatever emotion or trauma or pattern may be coming up for them at that moment. It's making that choice to shift out of it, and that's where energy healing comes in. Okay. It brings a sense of calm and peace and always allows you to feel that you have more control over the situation because you can send Reiki to almost every single situation. It creates this feeling of being able to handle whatever comes your way because you have tools in your tool belt to be able to manage it. Okay. So does that make more sense? It does. Um, it makes sense. I, but I really, I'm a practical person. (laughs) I want to know, like, how am I feeling? Perfect. How am I feeling? You know, so when I come to you, I need to know what I'm, I'm feeling. I need to know what it feels like. What, you know, what has your clients shared with you that this is what I feel like so that I'm coming to you? So they have unconditional love and support from me, but then the energy healing itself brings them a, a relief off their shoulders. Um, I had a client tell me yesterday after the session, she came back and she felt 10 pounds lighter. Okay. It was like this energetic weight off her shoulders because we will oftentimes carry this stress in our field and in our bodies. And I know that's, that's kind of a woo-woo term, but mm-hmm. it gives us the, the moment to be able to let go of extra things that we have been carrying, to let go of that burden of things that we've been carrying. Just like if you've been carrying a heavy bag for a long time, you put it down and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, ah, I feel so much lighter. Okay. 
Okay. It can also be used to recharge. So the metaphor for Reiki, we all we all plug our phones in at night, right? right our phones, right. They, they, the battery goes dead on them. You have to plug them in to be right. able to let it recharge. Reiki operates in kind of a similar capacity where it is a recharge for the body, for the energy system, for the soul. It's just taking a few moments of peace and quiet and calmness to be able to facilitate this healing. Um, and a lot of times there's a self-care routine that comes through in the Reiki practice when I teach Reiki. So there are different handholds that you can use to walk through to to be able to get into this place of peace mm-hmm. using hands-on, laying on of hands, energy healing combined right. with support via Zoom with me. Okay, and is, is, is tapping part of the practice that you have? I love tapping. It is one of my favorite homework assignments to give people to work through okay. um, when they have emotions that come up to be able to get into that place of calm as well. Okay. I know that I, um, I had, I practice a little bit of that, especially with, um, triggers sometimes. And I, I tap when I'm triggered. (laughs) It's almost like in place of rubbing your head and rubbing your hair out, (laughs) you can actually tap instead. (laughs) So, and so you're using tapping in a very similar way to the way that I teach energy healing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So, am I to am I am I getting this right that Reiki is 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 what you practice, but it's it's you, the practice itself is energy healing, or is it is Reiki different from energy healing? So Reiki is one part of many different kinds of energy healing. So energy healing itself is kind of an umbrella term. There's lots of different modalities that fit within energy healing. Reiki is the one that I typically teach my clients because it is such an easy place to get started. Gotcha. Um, I call it idiot proof because it is such an easy place to get started. Gotcha. When I'm facilitating healing... For other people, though, I'm usually calling in some of the other modalities that I've trained in, like my shamanic training, um, my intuitive life coach training. So I have a a handful of different modalities that I bring in when I'm facilitating a session for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Reiki is typically the one that I teach people to start with because it is so simple and it is easy. So let's talk about the shamanic, um, the shamanic part of your practice. Share with the audience what that looks like and, and what that helps Of course. So as part of the training for my shamanic initiations, I went through a series of series of initiations over the course of several years where we're focusing on very different aspects of life and different aspects of healing. So it's a it's an initiation of sorts into all of these energies and it allows me to feel deeper. I'm able to connect in deeper on the level of the soul that's happening for a person and to be able to hold space for them in a way that almost feels otherworldly. Okay. Right? Uh Um, So we're bringing in additional tools to be able to release the energy that has gotten stuck in the body and in the energy system, calling in spirit guides to be able to work with spirit guides or angels, those kinds of very esoteric energies. And I know that that's totally woo, but it very much helps my clients because it gives us this place of feeling loved and supported in the universe. Right. Right. When we are able to call in these different beings and these different angelic helpers to be able to work with us in our practice and in our spiritual healing practice, mm-hmm. it, it really changes from this place of feeling disempowered more to a place of empowered because you always have these other beings that you can call in to be able to assist you. Right. 
That's good. So a lot of the shamanic work is really going in and repatterning. It's about yeah. repatterning ancestral wounding. It's repatterning past lives that we've had. It's about yeah. looking into where are these patterns that keep coming up and how do you want to shift out of them, mm-hmm. releasing out those patterns to be able to create more of the life that you desire. Nice. Yeah, that that sounds good because I was I I started learning about uh, angels, <laughs> and it's so funny. Um, one of my favorite movies is um, it's The Sixth Sense. Do you remember that? No, you're probably young. <laughs> I do remember that movie, and for a long time, I was so scared to watch it because it was a little bit too close to home. If I'm being honest. And I well, I had I had a lot of that experience when I was younger. But I didn't see anyone that was like kind of well dead. I, I literally saw what they were doing. I could see their life, like I'd see a part of their life play out, and they're standing there, and I could see like one time I was um, talking to my mom, and I was looking over at these people, and I was like, "Oh, he's hitting her," and so she's like, "No, he's not," and I said, "Yes, he is, right?" And she's like, "No, he's not," and she's kept looking. She's like, "No, he's not," and I was like, "Yeah, I see him hitting her." And so it was at a dinner party. My mom was like, you know, um, just go in the living room, you know, she's telling me. And then um, come to find out, um, she came to me to go, you were right, um, because he had killed her later on. And it was like really scary. And I started putting that away. And I think as we get older, we start pack, like when we're young, we experience it, but we kind of pack it up, right? Because like, People don't want us to be woo, but I think this is a time and era for us to be woo because we really need to be getting out of what we, the old patterns that we're, we were in because we believe in angels. We believe in all of that, but we, we pack it a different way, you know, almost commercially. Absolutely. Um, I I do mediumship work as well in Mm -hmm. my healing. And this is often one of the first things that comes up for my clients is being able to work with some of those loved ones who've crossed over or the deceased. And it comes through in a very energetic capacity. We do shut down these abilities when we're young. So many of us have these abilities to work with spirits and to work with energies and have this intuition when we're young. And we have to unlearn the conditioning from society that yes. tells us that's not normal right that that's not okay yeah that's really good that's really good that is really good and so you just answered my question <laughs> my next question was what was one of the common myths about your profession that you want to debunk and you you started it already so go ahead <laughs> myths is also that intuition is difficult to master. Ah, yes. And that it is this other person kind of experience, right? Oh, that's not me. I can't talk to ghosts. I can't talk to spirits. That's got to be somebody else who's an expert. (laughs) And a lot of times the intuition starts small. It does. It's a lot smaller than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And I teach it primarily from like this body perspective because we have those gut feelings. We have those reactions in our body. It doesn't have to be that you have this booming voice talking to you all of a sudden in the middle of the night, although sometimes that does come up for people. But a lot of times the path starts in a very small way. Right. It's like, okay, body, what would you like to eat for dinner? Do you want blueberries in a salad or would you like chicken and pasta right and you're going to get this energetic response of what your body wants intuition doesn't have to be this big fancy complicated right whirlwind it can also start really small right that's true it really can just like you said what do you want for dinner 
it's just so simple. And you know what? We did it as children seamlessly. We did it as children That's seamlessly. Right. It's when we become well, adults. Eh, 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 you know, we got all these things going swirling around in our heads. Exactly. But how many children have imaginary friends? Oh, my goodness. I had one. My sister had one. Everybody. I think almost every person I know had an imaginary friend. <laughs> and what if imaginary friends were actually spirit guides yeah. and were actually crossover loved ones? Yep. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that, too. I, I all believe... the time, but I think that there's a, certainly a high percentage of people who had imaginary friends as kids that is, they're really able to be able to tune into the spirit world. Yeah. I've, I've done that. I've, I've gotten like that when I was older in my fifties, you know, early forties, I mean, late forties, early fifties. I, I was really afraid at that point in my life. And I called forth my, my, my father and my brother who were my total protectors. And I didn't even realize it because I, he had, my father had given me this pin. And so I was looking for the pin. That's why I was thinking about Sixth Sense. And I was looking for this, um, this, this pin that he had give, given me from my, from my grandmother. And I kept putting it in, I think in my bed, I thought I had it in my bedroom, but it ended up in the kitchen drawer. And I kept saying, why is it always in Because I thought maybe I put it in the drawer. And one day, one of my, um, I had a medium come over and she says, are you always missing something? And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and she starts telling me and all these things. And I'm just like, yeah, she goes, well, there's, there's two men here that start with S. So my dad's, I wasn't even thinking about my dad. I was thinking my brother. I was like, my brother is deceased. So I'm thinking she's thinking living in the house, you know? <laughs> and they were right next to me. I could feel them as soon as she mentioned it. And I was like, oh my goodness. And, and she said, you called them because you're, you're afraid. You're afraid right now. And I was like, so true. So I know that it happens in certain parts and certain areas of your life, especially when you need them. Absolutely. So, okay. So what, while you're doing this, and I know you, you, your heart's been touched a lot, you know, um, while you're doing this, right? Have you ever encountered a client that really just like touched your heart and made and changed the way that you practiced? I feel like it's almost every single one. Really? Because I developed such deep connections with these women who, I, a while ago when I set the intention to open my business, I set the intention to be able to draw in clients mm -hmm. who were like friends, who were like friends. And it the, the universe just supplied, right? I've had such amazing, talented clients who come in who are these wonderful, strong women who mm -hmm. are pushing forward in their own lives and... We're always mirrors. We are mirrors of each other in, in the outer reality with our inner reality. And so these people that come into my life, when I'm channeling messages for them and offering healing, mm -hmm. a lot of times those messages are for me too. It's yeah. just the way that path works. And so it, it becomes this beautiful evolution where the questions that my clients ask, it's like, oh, of course you asked that because I was just thinking about that this morning or I was just talking about that last night. There's so many synchronicities that come up in the work that each each client that I'm working with long term definitely leaves an impression and we continue we continue to talk and have friendships afterwards. Right, exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. 
So, oh, wow. So what advice would you give someone who is wanting to pursue a career like yours? One of the first things that I tell people who are intending to be healers is that you have to do the work for yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for those who are interested in doing energetic healing to take some time to learn the path and to really use those skills for themselves first. Okay. Because I think that there are often people who jump into it too quickly mm-hmm. and get burnt out or don't have the energetic boundaries or strength to really be able to to hold their own fields, right? right? To be able to keep their own energy as theirs and to release what is not theirs back to their clients. Sometimes gotcha. boundaries gotcha. get messy. Yeah. And so it takes a little bit of a practice to be able to have that power, to be able to stand in authority and to stand in that, that place of boundary in order gotcha. to be able to facilitate healing for somebody gotcha. else. It's, mm-hmm. I call it the sacred witness, right? You have to be able to really witness what is coming up in the session and really hold that place as a safe space without letting it trigger you, without getting sucked into thoughts. Right. Um, that sacred witness piece is essential in being able to be a healer. And frankly, sometimes I think people bite off more than they can chew initially <laughs> when they set that intention. Yeah, It's important to be surrounded by, by people who can support you in that gotcha. path and who can help build you up to have that strength. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely does. Yes, that's terrific. That's great information. And this is so great for the audience and myself to get to know all about your business. Now it's turn, time to turn the tables and to know about pers- know about you personally. So this is our second half and we're going to now ask you questions about you. Who is the most important person in your life? And can you tell us why? My grandmother was one of the most important people in my life. Um, she always had this no-nonsense approach to everything, but also allowed a little bit of whimsy in as well. <laughs> she had a love of birds, and she had a love of cats, and she would go out of our way as children to be able to make us feel comfortable. She had these cat earrings that she would wear just for us, special when we came over, and right. always had cookies in the cookie jar for us. Mm-hmm. But also, she was a businesswoman. Wow. She navigated health challenges, and she had a very busy life but she never let those things take her down right she's the one who who made her husband start doing scuba diving travels all over the world and go on these journeys to all over the world because she had that drive and she had that ambition but she was kind and gentle in the way that she nudged the people around her to be better that's nice it's always good to have someone like that to just encourage creativity adventure and still have a kindness within them. That's really great. What's the best compliment you ever received? I think in terms of my work, a lot of times people will tell me how powerfully that session came through and shifted their awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes it feels simple, and sometimes when I'm channeling messages, it doesn't always translate right in that moment because it's very woo-woo, right? And it just (laughs) kind of comes through me. I don't always even remember all of the conversations. Mm -hmm. So then when a client comes back to me and is like, you know what? I didn't recognize what you said in that session, and you may not have recognized it either, but it changed my life, and it really changed my perspective. That's great. That's great. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? 
spread kindness would be the words that I would put on a billboard because I think it's contagious. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's kindness is very contagious. All right. And final thoughts. What is your best tip you can share with other women in business? I think the best tip for other women in business is to take a big, deep breath and let it breathe. (laughs) I think there's so many things, right? We Mm -hmm. have to do all of the things. There's always a to-do list. There's always so much to do, and there's always going to be more to do. And we have to remember to allow our businesses to support us. It's not just us supporting our businesses. And in order to let our businesses also energetically support us, we have to take a step back yeah. and breathe. Yep. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you because business can get under your skin, in your lungs, all around you, consume you, and then you overcome. So <laughs> I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Totally. So um, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for listening, everyone, my audience. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media and leave a rating or review. To catch up with me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EJW Coaching. And thanks again, and then we'll see you next time. And remember to always draw abundance, have happiness, and a whole lot of fun. This is Edna White, your host, and my guest today, Amanda, saying goodbye for now.